0: TV party tonight! Oh, We got nothing better to do than watch
1: TV and have a couple of brews. Don't want to talk about anything
2: else
1: we don't want to know.
2: We're dedicated yes.
1: to our
0: favorite shows! Oh my tickets! Everybody loves his photos! Scary dog! Dancing at Blurnville! Future! Good evening. You are listening to a Rattledge and Broadcasting Premier podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, our favorite show is Hawkeye. Nice shooting, Hawkeye. Uh, brought to you by the good people at Marvel Studios and Disney+. This is a limited series part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe of Movies and Now Television shows, where Jeremy Renner of uh, the Hawkeye character reprises his role, and he is joined by Haley Stanfield, playing the role of Kate Bishop, also Tony Dalton, Fra Fee, Brian Darcy, James, Alex Ponovich, a lot of Polish names, Linda Cardellini, reprising her role as his wife. Uh, Simon Callow, Verma Famiga, Alakwa Cox as Echo, and and Florence Pugh reprising her role as Yelena Belova, uh, the second Black Widow, and coming back from the Netflix Marvel world, Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin of Crime. Joining me tonight first is my other brother from another mother, a good friend of the podcast, always very much on time. He is punctual and perky. Ladies and gentlemen, the Dungeon Master from the Screaming Boy Podcast, Ronnie Adams. Hey you, Mark. <laughs> How are you, Mark? I'm good. I, I just referred to you as perky and punctual. You need to be perkier. That's, that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> okay. Good. Thank you, Captain Passive-Aggressive. Um, and also joining us for the second night in a row... Mm. from uh, from the Resurrections, Warlock, and Thanos podcast, Mr. Al Sadano, How do you do, sir? I'm good. I'm a little confused, though. I mean, I just watched
1: like 11 seasons of M.A.S.H., and I'm not sure where they got this from. So this is a weird <laughs> take on Hawkeye that I was a little confused by.
0: Oh, but, boy. Okay. Here we go already. <laughs> uh, good to have you back on the
2: show, Al. 30 seconds in, you already got Pinky Pod. <laughs> God damn right.
0: So the thing about this show and what was was i was this the thing i was most excited for of all the like phase four stuff that they announced 15 years ago not particularly but the thing that did intrigue me uh and we found this this was a fact over time they didn't necessarily say it right off the bat it was somewhat assumed that this was going to be inspired by matt fractions run on hawkeye which i have read the first two volumes of that so let's just talk about that for a moment i'll go to you first uh ronnie I know you especially wanted to talk about the Hawkeye show. So is it the character in and of itself and its rich history? Was it Mac fractions run? Why, um, why were you so big on doing the Hawkeye show?
2: I, I've always liked Hawkeye for one reason or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because, uh, well, he's, he's never had any powers mm-hmm. um, to, to speak of, you know, I mean, like, I think he used pin particles at one point, things like that, but yeah, um, yeah he was, he was a giant man for a while, wasn't he?
1: Uh, yeah, Goliath. But same. Goliath, yeah, yeah, he yeah, had sorry. that weird costume with like it looked like just the, the shoulder thing, and then no, no shirt. No shirt. Yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. like a dicky with no shirt. Very right.
2: <laughs> but uh, he, but I've always, I've always liked him just because of that, and he was a smart aleck too. Um, you know, the the villain turned good, but I absolutely adore Matt Fraction's run uh, with Hawkeye um, because it really focused on him being a normal guy. Yeah, you know, um, him buying a building and 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 basically ended up without meaning to being a slumlord, um, but trying not to be one, trying to fix things and and do right, uh, and then he runs into the, the the tracksuit mafia. It just goes on from there. I just I, I love it. You know, he doesn't rely on on Tony Stark or or I mean, like legitimately, he's like, no, leave it alone. I'll do it because he's in in the book. He's trying to fix his um, TiVo and his, his sound system for his, his, um, his TV. And it's all just wires everywhere. And he's like, like I'll, I'll do it. You know, like Tony starts that. like, yeah, Tony starts like, I'll buy you a new one. He's like, no, I don't want a new one. Right. Like whatever show, I forget what shows like cop dog or something like that is, uh, is on there. And I've got the entire season on it and I want to watch it. <laughs> and so it was like, it, it was, I thought it was brilliant. So that's why I want to talk so much about it because they're, it's very much based on, on Matt Fraction's run, and yeah. uh, there's a lot of throwbacks to,
0: to that. What about you, Al? Were you uh Did you read the Al Fraction run? Did you just have a particular love of the character? <laughs> Al Fraction.
1: I wish. Did I say Al Fraction? <laughs> yeah. So what about you,
0: Al? Did you read the Al Fraction run? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, right.
1: I had to. It was kind of required. <laughs> no, yeah, I did read that. I was buying that as it came out. I, I love that run, mm. and I do like the character of Hawkeye. I mean... Going back when I first started reading Marvel stuff, one of the first early books I was reading was uh, Avengers West Coast when he was the leader. Yep, me too. And mm-hmm. one of my favorites uh, after that was Thunderbolts, and he became a big part of that within mm-hmm. a year or so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so he was always fun, the smart, like you said, the smart Alec. but he also, <laughs> with no powers, but yet he takes charge. He's like, nope, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to be in charge and do what I need to do, which kind of fits in with the whole, I'm going think- to do it myself.
2: Yeah, I think and he's one is. of the only Avengers or one of the only um heroes in the Marvel universe that has like really put Captain America on the carpet by just verbally. By just no shut up, Cap. I'm gonna do it this way. And he's like, Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, well he led the, the West Coast Avengers there Yeah. For a bit. that's what yeah. I was saying. That's what I was saying, Al, like you know, just like you my exposure to Hawkeye came from reading West Coast Avengers, and how big of a um, how big of a, uh, a character he was there, where he was basically the Captain America of that group. Yeah, um, I read Matt Fraction's Hawkeye as a trade. Uh, I read I don't remember how many volumes there are all, all together, but I read the first two. And the thing I love about Matt Fraction's Hawkeye is what a meditation it is on self worth. You know, mm. I, I I don't know how much of Matt Fraction's Hawkeye is canonical to all the stuff that happened over the decades with hawkeye you know with mockingbird and you know i I don't know how much of that's been retconned or written out pretty straightforward i think at least at the time it was yeah Um, but um a lot of matt fractions run is him reflecting on him feeling like i guess after everything that's happened over the years that he's not a good person yeah um and that brings in kate bishop who uh, I don't know if she was introduced in the Fraction run or not. Uh, Young Avengers, Young, Young Avengers, okay. yeah, she's um, been around for a little bit at this point. But she, you know, through her, he is able to see the value in himself because you know she's there to remind him that you are not just an Avenger, but you're a genuinely good dude, and you are worth you know you are worth the relationships that that you have, um, and that's a big part of the book, and that that's a big part of this series too. And I kind of want to start there because uh I think Haley Stanfield did a I'm not saying her name right. Um, Steinfeld. Steinfeld. Uh, Stein, like Mir Steinfeld, I think is how it's it. Um Haley um, Hassenpfeffer. She um <laughs> she I feel like in the comic book, she was she had only so much patience for for Clint. You know, like she she did not hold him up with necessarily reverence she you know she didn't idolize him and maybe i'm wrong about that's kind of why i'm glad you guys are here you might have read more about her but i feel like in the comic she was very self-assured she was very capable but she did look up to uh clint somewhat as a role model but more of her having to just remind him that he's not a bad person that he shouldn't be so down on himself whereas in the show al she is very much portrayed as like a hawkeye super fan and i think for for jeremy renner's part the way that he's written there is a lot of reflection vis-a-vis his relationship with black widow about his own you know and what he did as ronin his self-worth um so there are some parallels to the comic but not not a lot uh and then again with relationship to her there is a greater mentorship role and more of like him just wanting to keep her out of danger and not quite the relationship he has with Kate Bishop in the comics. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that a bit. I mean, because when she started becoming Hawkeye and young Avengers, he was dead.
0: Mm -hmm. So, I mean,
1: she admired him a bit. She was, it's not like she thought he was a loser, but she was not the Hawkeye fan that the TV version is. Mm -hmm. So, that's why you know she took off his mantle and she was because that's something she could do i guess she i forget it's been so long since i read young avengers but i assumed she had some ability with archery it's why she took it up and she was interested in learning from him mm-hmm. but she was not the big fan of his that the character the tv version was because it's different continuities different things happen you know a lot less superheroes there yeah you know i mean there's still more coming up but i mean no by the time she was there there was like five billion of them in the Marvel mm. comics. <laughs> you know he was just one of a thousand it just was the one that she could do but yeah it's, she was i mean she's definitely is more of a hawkeye stan i guess you would call it in the uh, in the, the movie but it makes sense i mean at the time he's only like one of five right. people know about and he saves her so of course she's gonna be
0: yeah no, they, they wrote it perfectly fine and believable um it's just it was it was a different interpretation is what i wanted to point at than the uh, the comic yeah. book. go ahead Ronnie um
2: well the Hawkeye character in in the MCU is a very much a different character than it is um in, in the in the comic books in a certain in certain ways in in the MCU he's he's still snarky he's still uh sarcastic and funny and everything
0: but he's very much an adult he's also uh, not quite as meta in the comic book. right he's very like if you look at him the kind of stuff he says in age of Ultron. Like, there is a tacit recognition by the writers of those movies that this is a guy that does not belong on a giant superhero team involving gods and a monster and a guy in a mech suit. Oh, but you mean like... There he is. The yeah. scene
1: with um, Wanda.
0: Yeah. There yeah. It was like, this makes no sense, yeah. but I'm going yeah. out there anyway. Right. right. It's like, the, like, the, like, the comic book writers never addressed it. They were perfectly fine with, you know, with all of the Avengers and the guy with the bow and arrow, and that makes perfect sense. And then it was like the Hollywood writers got a hold of it and was like, no, it really doesn't though, and we need to address this in some way. Go ahead, Ronnie. Uh,
2: well, I was saying that he's an, he's more of an adult in the in the MCU because of um I mean, he's married, he's got kids. You know, you yeah. find that out in in Ultron, but uh, in in the comic books, he is he gets around. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's uh, uh, I mean. In the Fraction Run, he runs into three of his ex-girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, I mean, you've got Black Widow is one of them. Yeah. Um, M- Mockingbird, Mockingbird, which is his ex-wife. And then I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Wanda. He mm-hmm. he had a fling with Wanda and Wasp. I mean, that dude got, that dude <laughs> Spider got around the Avengers. Spider-Woman. Spider Woman, yes, uh, Jessica Drew. Um, he, he got around. Uh, um,
1: Moonstone and Thunderbolts. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. <laughs> um but so he's got all these women and i think that's why uh, in the comic book she had less patience for him as a you know um it was just kind of like it wasn't it was a joke it was just like he was kind of that guy he was was kind of a yeah he was he's he's the han solo of the avengers Mm -hmm. you know he's like you know before he met leia so she was physically attracted to him um, mm-hmm. as you can see in some of the pit, which kind of weirded me out, you know, a little bit cause she's a little young. Um, but like, it was one of those things where like, she was balancing on that thing of like, okay, he's my mentor and he's a, he's kind of a dick. Um, but you know, all this other stuff. So it was, it was, it was weird. It was weird. It was cool. It was, it was handled very well by fraction, but, and this one, she met him as a little girl, um, well met him, he saved her. And then from then on, it was just like, he's got his crap together. He knows what he's doing. Plus, he's 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 punching with the big guys. He's punching yeah. with the guys with power. Um, so, you know that that two different two different runs on the character, two different, uh, but very much the same character.
1: Yeah, it is also a bit of a mix of the Hawkeye and Hawkeye uh, Ultimate version of Hawkeye. So it was a bit more very much so. than that. Can you flesh that Mark out for people
0: who have not read the Ultimate, the Ultimate version of Ooh. Hawkeye?
1: Uh, do you mean just what the ultimate version of Hawkeye is? or like,
0: f- the Yeah, 50 words or less on what do you mean, like characterization-wise, what do you mean by the ultimate version of Hawkeye?
1: Ultimate version of Hawkeye was basically more what they kind of put Hawkeye, uh, what Hawkeye was in the movies on paper. He okay. was an assassin that worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. He just happened to use arrows. And so they put him on that team they were forming because they wanted, you know, Fury wanted people he trusted and were willing to kill. So he's a bit more bloodthirsty, you know, a bit more willing to kill, a bit more of a spy assassin type character. Mm -hmm. Okay. But uh, he was also married there too with kids. Of course they killed them off. And for those who might not know, Ultimates was a,
2: was a different universe, different, you know, like a a different run of basically them starting fresh. This
0: is not the second time. I'm sorry, Ronnie. This is now the second time. And I, and I I cut you off because it it just pinged my memory about this, because I think when I asked Ben Cologne, what version of Tom Holland, Spider-Man is, is he, he went the ultimate Spider-Man. This is now yep. the second time, in, and now mm-hmm. I'm starting to think, and, and it and it's proving true that a lot of the MCU seems to draw inspiration, yeah. not from the canonical Stan Lee Jack Kirby stuff, Eternals excluded, but from the Ultimates run, a li-
1: or a little bit of both. They do mix them. like yeah. Hawkeye, I think, is a mix of both of them. And basically, definitely
2: a mix. D- sorry, go on. Oh, I, was, I was just saying, definitely a mix. I was agreeing with you because your Captain America is definitely a mix of of. Your your classic captain, your classic captain, and your ultimate cap because ultimate uh, cap was a dick. Ultimate cap was was a jerk, man. He was like, he, you know, very much a jerk. But he still had his super soldier serum. He was still really strong, lifting motorcycles up, could throw people through walls and all that, just like your MCU uh, Captain America, who you know, with one punch, busted open a, uh, a a punching bag. You know, kind of like that, whereas Captain America, top Olympic, you know, Olympic athlete, le- Olympic-level athlete and all that, but he's not the super strong, super soldier serum guy. So, I mean, I think in the Ultimates, Captain America knocked out – yeah, he knocked out uh, Hank Pym in his giant's form with one punch. Just mm-hmm. jumped up and you know, just knocked him out. So, you know, fresh run on the Ultimates. They're trying to get a more adult feel to it because they even – you know, Wanda and and Peter, Wanda and Pietro uh, had like an incestuous relationship and all this other crap in it. Yeah, it got so some really money. weird. Um, <laughs> it, the, it got weird, you know. And the the they, best thing about the
1: ultimate, the best thing about the ultimate stuff was when they did that and reintroduced the characters. They did Nick Fury and they drew him to look like Samuel L. Jackson. Absolutely. And that is one of the reasons why Samuel Jackson, basically from what I read, saw that and was like, "If you make a movie, I want to be Nick Fury." Yeah. That's and that's
0: all like Fury. Yeah. So is there a Kate Bishop in the Ultimates Universe that has a relationship with this Hawkeye? No, Not okay. that I'm aware of. No. So um, getting back, getting strictly back to the show, yes. the thing about this show and their relationship, is, as we've already alluded to, but to the the really drive it home, is he, Clint is struggling with the guilt of what he did during his Ronin time. Mm-hmm. Also, the guilt of losing the fight to Black Widow on the cliffs of whatever that was, um, and and her taking the nesty plunge and getting the soul stone and him just not being able to. Well, she did. Um, no. <laughs> um, and him not being really able to live with himself. Now, he is somewhat carried forward by the fact that he has children. He has something to live for. He has a wife who and I will I'll take this right from the screen junkies uh, on Trailer The most chill wife in the history of TV wives. It's very uh, true. Yeah, yeah she, when, they kind we, of
1: explain that at the end. Maybe why? Yeah,
0: yeah. Because yeah, she was a former agent. Like, she gets it, um, she but, was Mockingbird. in theory, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to call her Mockingbird when well, they had a Mockingbird in the yes. field.
1: Oh, no, I no, I agree with that. But I mean, that's what they're implying, because Mockingbird mm-hmm. was Agent 19. Okay. And that's what it said. So therefore they're saying I he missed, is married. To I missed that. Her. And, and was it was it Bobby? Was her name Bobby in Agents yeah, of Bobby, Shield? Yeah, Bobby Morris. Yeah, I mean Agents of Shield, oh. they definitely did, they definitely made it Bobby Morris Mockingbird. But I'm just saying here, because I don't know how much of Agents of Shield. I mean, I we're wondering about how, of how much of the Netflix stuff is coming over. I don't even know if any of Agents of Shield counts as uh, part of the MCU anymore, really. It, it,
0: yeah, w- without going off on too much of a tangent, I'm gonna tell you very See, it's, it's hard because there's a direct tie from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Age of Ultron. Like, liter- like, literally, they did an episode, and the end of the yes. episode was the Stinger into Age of Ultron.
1: Oh, yeah, and they also had an episode that took place directly after Thor The Dark Thor- World. Thor Dark World, involved,
0: yeah.
1: involves Sith and stuff, but mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. seems like everything, once the, once the show happened, everything always went one way. Yeah. Never the other way. Nothing ever came out from them to the movie. So, and with doing things like this now, I don't. And plus, the the season after um Endgame came out, they kind of completely didn't even touch on that at all. About I mean, sorry, about like the season after Infinity War came out, like the whole people <clears> dusting <throat> had nothing to do with it. So
0: yeah, I like, mean, does to, that count? So to just to your point, so we can wrap that up and just move this on. Look, could there have been more than one Mockingbird? It's not like they've ever addressed this, and it's such a dinky sure. point to get caught up on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sorry. I'm going to go I'm ahead sorry. and say, no, 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 I, I, it's fine that you brought it up, but could she have been a Mockingbird? You know, it, it, could she have been the comic book Mockingbird because they were married at one point? Sure, why not? Could yeah. Bobby Morris and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. also be a Mockingbird? Like there are more than one 00, 007? Sure, who cares? Yeah, that's
2: correct. Let's go. I agree to agree, disagree with Jason Teasley on that. I enjoyed the show, what I saw, but
1: I enjoyed it too. Sorry, Jason. Sorry,
2: yeah. Jason's Sorry, buddy. A,
0: the, Jason's not a huge fan of uh, Jason Teasley, yeah. the Protocol <laughs> Son. Not a huge fan of the uh, Agents of Shield, but that's okay. One it was, uh, did, it was, I mean, like it hit or miss for me too.
2: Yeah, it's hit or miss with a lot with a lot of people. So uh, you either really like it or you don't. So
0: um, they have uh, Kate Bishop and this version of Clint a very kind of like uncle niece relationship. Yeah, um, definitely yeah. a lot of you know I. He, this is what I'm trying to get at. He is definitely struggling with a lot of guilt for a variety of reasons, and he doesn't think he's a very good person, which which coalesces with what went on in the comic. Mm-hmm. And he sort of he is redeemed through the course of six episodes and the relationship with this girl, which is probably the thing I like most about this iteration of Hawkeye and this show in particular of the Phase Four Marvel stuff is just like uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, And unlike WandaVision, which which I struggled with for this very reason, I'm big on um, redemption, forgiveness, and all of that, um, redeeming oneself, you know, penance for your sins, that sort of thing. And I believe and I think they did a really good job of of addressing it without hitting you over the head with it in in Hawkeye. And I think they did a good job of it also in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. They went in the opposite direction with WandaVision, which we don't need to get into. I, I, Robert and I screamed about that for two hours. Um, you know, look, I'm traumatized, yes, but that doesn't give you the right to torture an entire <laughs> town full of people. Um, but hey, what? Oh, crap. I gotta do something. Hold on. There's yeah, my weekend plans. You may need me to take make some changes there, guys. Anyway, so uh, let's speak on that for a minute. Al and then Ronnie. Um, the relationship between speak a little bit more on the relationship between Kate Bishop and Hawkeye and sort of the way that they handled guilt and redemption.
1: Well, I think you hit it on the head perfectly. It was, they almost treated them like a family thing or, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was basically like a buddy cop type thing kind of, Yeah, you know, with the two, with the two of them. And like Ronnie said before, yes, there was a bit of an attraction, at least from her to him, you know, she was attracted to him in the uh, comic. Although at least in the comic, even though he was not married, they, treated it the same way they do here he had no interest in her that way whatsoever it mm-hmm. was not even a hint about that it was all you know any of that was on her not on him and again here there was no they had great chemistry together I thought yes. but it wasn't They're, that kind of chemistry yeah they have like, like nothing
0: sexual chemistry but exactly. not in the romantic way exactly there was
1: none there at all whatsoever for them mm-hmm. um and yeah it was it's it is a bit of a redemption thing. You're right. Because, I mean, he does start out with trying to get her out of it. Basically, like, I, I already done all these stupid things and s- things are screwed up. And I don't want to, I'm not going to drag anyone else into this. But mm-hmm. she's jumping into it because she's so happy and happy about it. Like, she, he's treated this like this. He has all the baggage about it. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. She just sees the bright shininess of it and kind of right. reminds him a bit of the bright, good, shiny things. Like, you you save people's lives. This is a good thing.
0: Right. And, he, and he's very much focused on... <laughs> yes, but I've murdered a lot of people, too. <laughs> I have killed a lot of people. Um, what I loved about the show, because Marvel... So, I, I'm not going to go too much on a tangent here. and I really don't want to tweak uh, Ronnie's nipples about this. But, like, Black Widow, um, you know, she falls from orbit, hits everything on the way down, and, you know, and brushes off her shoulders and is able to walk away and nary a scratch. I like the... You know, and, and it just takes me out of the movie entirely, because I'm like... Come on, she's doesn't have superpowers. She's a spy and a dainty girl. Let's let's get a hold of ourselves, shall we? Meanwhile, in Hawkeye, there's scenes of them bandaging each other up, which I I loved. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was getting to. Like, unlike the ridiculousness that was Black Widow, um, this you know this very much showed, you know, and, and they speak to it very openly. The toll this sort of life takes on you um it's something like that like the dark knight and the dark knight rises tried to deal with too but you know just as soon as they deal with it then they undo it james bond the same thing just as soon as they recognize that a life this this way led leads to you know untold uh horrors on your body and then but what we need to have a movie here so we'll just forget all that in the next you know the next scene well, that's what i, like I say they that it, they don't they They carry that with them on their shoulders through the through the show. Go ahead, Al.
1: I was gonna say they were treating Black Widow kind of like a James Bond movie, Mm -hmm. so she is gonna do that James Bond type stuff. And you know, Hawkeye was being played more like the. uh, I'm trying to think of one of the shows that they treat that more like felt like a western, felt
0: like like a western, felt like Logan, you know, or like a
1: Rockford Files or something where he's John, he's John Wick, yeah. Where he's like, yeah, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. Like, I'm gonna win, but my ass Mm -hmm. is still half kicked, and I have a black eye. And we're putting these, you know, string beans on my head. Like, this is how you do the. I like that. I love that part. Actually, when he's like showing how to do the do the uh, bandage the wound up. It's like, no, no, that's gonna scar. Do it this way.
2: That's why I like John Wick so much because he gets the crap beat out of him, but he's still the hero. You know, I thought one of the greatest scenes in the in the series was where Hawkeye and somebody in some stranger's apartment that he got set up in. Goes to the freezer and gets all these frozen margarita mixes and starts (laughs) duct or starts taping them to his elbows and knees, and then makes one and sits there and just relaxes. I'm like, God, what does it feel like to kick your feet and shoes off after a long day of superheroing? You know, kind of like that's wow. You never think of it like that. You know, it's just like like in the comic book, he's always got a bandage on his nose or something in a sling or something. You know, it's just like a black eye. It's it's like he is very much a normal guy, and I I loved it. Yeah, I loved it.
0: I think it's a missing a missing art of screenwriting where you know they overpower everybody, whether you have superpowers or not, to the point where it takes a lot of the tension out of it. The fact that they showed Hawkeye is so vulnerable is what kept me invested in the show. That he, I mean, realistically, they're not going to kill him at any point here. But there was, but at least they showed that he. He could take a beating really badly, like he, you know, he, he. They showed a vulnerability that added to the tension of each scene, like when they're both strapped to the. As funny as it was, when they were both strapped to like the little hobby horse things, you know, uh, when they meet yeah. Echo for the first time. Yeah, there's a palpable sense of danger there, and yeah. you know, yeah. it, you know, and, and you could you could deconstruct it and be like, oh, well, they're the stars of the show; there nothing's going to happen to them, but because. They've shown that, and and this is another credit to the show. You know, something that Robert and I talk about all the time is how poorly women characters are written now. You know, everyone points to Ray, and I don't want to have that argument, but, you know, they point to Ray as somebody who's the bestest at everything without even trying and is perfect in every way. I think a critical drink referred to her as Space Jesus. Um, not, 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 it's like non-gender Space Jesus or something like that. And Lord. what I love about... What I love about her is that she's fallible. She doesn't always make great decisions. She gets beat up. She gets her ass kicked. You know, she doesn't. You know, yes, she has the one talent of being a very good archer, and she can defend herself. Um, terrific. But she's not. She's not running in and saving Hawkeye every single time. As a matter of fact, in the first couple of episodes, she keeps getting caught, or she gets him caught. Yeah, <laughs> things oh, yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, she's the not. She's still. I mean, she has. She's a really good archer, and she does know mm-hmm. how to fight but she's still brand new at this. I mean, her fighting has mostly probably been competitions where there's yeah. rules and you don't do this and there are judges and timeouts and it's not somebody going, we're going to keep doing this until one of us is dead.
2: Right. Well, a good a good, a good, example, in my opinion, a good example of that is when she and, and uh, uh, the new Black Widow, I can't ever remember the name. Uh, Yelena. Yelena. Uh, Yelena, thank you. I keep saying want to say Yolanda, and I know that's not right. No,
1: uh,
0: that's but Yelena, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ow, uh, Yelena. Stuck, um, ow, so many jokes right now. Ow, yeah, ow.
2: I, I expect to look up and see your nose bleeding, um, but uh, <laughs> just oh, shaking, holding it in. <laughs> um, but uh, when they're 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 running, and they're doing the throws and the kicks and the punches. I think at one point she hits her. Uh, Kate hits uh, Elena, and she goes, "Ow!" And then they just keep running. You know, kind of one of those things. And at the end, he's like, "She's like, hey, you're you're really good at this." And he's like, "Thanks." You know, you think so? And he goes, "Yeah, you got you get that throw. That was really good." And they were just sitting there talking about it. She's like, "Oh yeah, well, bye," and just jumps out the window. And I'm like, "What the crap?" Like, Florida, like she's my my new favorite MCU character. I, I I have to say that just because, uh, not just because she's fun. She's a mm. little bit quirky. She is. Um,
1: and and, act, hmm. That actually as, does make me think of something. Go on. I want to say something afterwards. Just, just pop but my no, head, to finish up. It's, it's a show about people yeah.
2: who just happen to be superheroes. Yep. Or yeah. super spies. So Yeah.
1: Um, one thing else, I just thought about, that when you were talking about Elena, and we were talking about Black Widow's basically being played like a James Bond, and I can kind of see that a bit, though, the reasoning for that. I'm not saying it's right or not, but I see the reasoning. In a movie, they're like, we need to keep this going and moving. We don't have time to waste with spending 20 minutes on them bandaging each other up. We got, let's keep going, going. She's going to jump off the satellite and land. It's fine. Right. The TV show is six episodes. They can do that kind of expanded characterization type stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it also, it actually kind of fits because then they bring, because Yelena fits in that world with with Black, with you know with, uh, Natasha. So now they're bringing all of a sudden into this place of these people who are getting their asses kicked. And also they're bringing... James Bond did. <laughs> and like right. they're doing all this stuff and they're bleeding and they're getting cut. and it's like James Bond just kind of walks through like it's be like, you know super perfect, bang, bang, all the bad guys are dead. Martini magically appears in my hand. And it's like <laughs> how are you? It's like and they're just looking at them like, yeah, we have no shot against you because you're not even looking and you're killing people with your pinky.
0: I did enjoy the scene in the kitchen. Not only because Florence Pugh is one of the great actor, female actors, or actors in general um, of her particular generation, you know of the of the younger set. She's but so she, good, yeah, she's she's excellent. Um, but she that she had a very like you, you guys use the word quirky. She had a very charismatic presentation mm-hmm. in the show, <clears throat> more so than I than I thought in Black Widow, to be honest with you. And and, I, and she had great chemistry with Haley Steinfeld, you know Kate Bishop. But she has a line in there, which cracked me up. She was like, you know, and subtext is everything in these things. And when they get it wrong, it takes you out of the show. But when they get it right, you know, it's it's so great, especially when it's subtle. And, you know, so she so the whole reason she's in Kate Bishop's apartment is she needs information. But she doesn't, there's no reason to hurt this young lady. And, she, you know, so she's like, let me try a different approach here. Because I feel like <clears throat> so many of these shows and movies, it's always, you know, everyone uses the hammer. She's like, I'm going to go with the carrot here because the hammer is utterly unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm very confident that I could do all kinds of things to this woman if I really needed to. But what if she'll just tell me what I need to know? Because I simply asked. And I was like, that's kind of brilliant because nobody does that. You know, <laughs> <clears throat> and the more especially, you know, she's so she's in the apartment. This is always something I thought of. I, you know, I think about it with like Joker's plot and the Dark Knight and all these things where like for you to have planned all of this, Things needed to go right that you had no control over at all. What were you doing all the time? It's always like, the, you know, the guy underneath the ring in wrestling where it's like, how long were you under there for? This is the last match of a two-hour show. Long That's enough. enough packed to the, <laughs> you packed the lunch. He had a <laughs>
1: <puck>. <laughs>
2: Long you. Apparently some of them were long in there yeah. long enough to poop in a coffee can to make everybody else sick.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Um, Mr. Perfect. So... The point that I was getting to mm-hmm. was, you know, she's like, "I'm waiting in the apartment." Like, I had no idea how long you were going to be, so I made food. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want some great. mac and cheese? It's good. Yeah, um, I just thought that was great. It kind of reminded me, but not in quite the hostile way, the opening of *Inglorious Bastards* with um, Christoph Waltz and the uh, and the milk farmer. Oh, oh man, yeah, and the, the dairy farmer. You know where. He he doesn't have a reason. He doesn't need to hurt this man. He's just trying to get him. He wants to know where the Jews are, and so right. you know. And in there, it's menacing. It's way menacing. Oh, like it's eerily so... menacing. Yeah. Um. Florence Pugh doesn't need to take it that far because it's a different kind of scene. But it's the same kind of setup where it's just like I can sit here and exert my, you know, um, sort of, I impress upon you you're in a dangerous situation, but we don't need to take it that far. Just answer my questions. Yeah. And we can be nice and gentlemanly about it.
1: Yeah. No, it is, you're right about that comparison. And the difference I think also is in, *Inglorious bastards, he has to kind of also ramp up a bit of the, I am a danger to make sure they know he's a danger. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. if not, if his guards weren't there, those people probably could still kill him. Right. But Yelena knows. Yeah. She is not taking me down. At best, she's getting a lucky hit. I can kill right. this girl in two in a minute and a half. Right. So she doesn't even have to worry about it because it's like, yeah, you're not a danger to me. You're not a threat. You're <laughs> a puppy. <Okay. laughs>
0: um, I want to, as far as plots go, the thing that this all centers around, you know, the, um, I like the fact that Marvel, you know, because it's basically the world's most expensive television show. That things happen and why they're, and and either there's a Bible that Kevin Feige sort of goes back to and says, We're putting this in Endgame, but we're going to reference it again later in Hawkeye because we've planned this out like, you know, like my schedule 10 years in advance. (laughs) Or things are happening in a movie like the Ronin thing. And then they're like, Okay, well, we're going to do a Hawkeye show. What are we going to make it about? Like, how about we make it about that time when he was Ronin? You know, and yeah. and let's address the repercussions of, of that now that the world has zipped itself back together again. Right,
2: you don't just walk away from that.
0: Right. So I don't know which one it was. If it was, you know, a great degree of forethought, which it could be, considering how much, you know, Kevin Feige has talked about, they have like twenty years worth of movies planned. Yeah. You know, or oh, it's man. you know, or it's like they had the bones of a Hawkeye show, but you know, and it was only kind of looking around at what he had done, and going, well, what can we can make some hay out of? I don't know which way they went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either either way. Making it about Ronin, I thought was a bit of genius. Um so just a quick note on that, Al, what did you think of sort of the the through thread of the consequences of his Ronan uh the five year Ronin run being the impetus for the show?
1: No, I liked I love that because it's one of the things I've been loving about what they've been doing this year is all these things, they're like you said, they're taking these repercussions and the events of what happens to these characters and now they're using them to move them forward and do new things with them. And mm-hmm. then we're doing new stuff. It's not just refer- referencing the past stuff, but they're using that to now move everyone forward. Actions and it consequences. Also, yeah, And it also makes sense, for instance, why they use Echo because in the comics, Echo was the second person, one of the people to wear the Ronin outfit.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So it
1: makes perfect sense that Echo would be in this Hawkeye series, which is about Ronin because whether or not, whether they're going to do that with her or not in her show, you know, in her show and in the future, she wasn't, she was Ronin. Mm-hmm. So, makes perfect sense that especially if they want to do an Echo show, hey, let's introduce her in the show that involves Ronin.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, as a through thread, Ronnie, what did you think of them using the Ronin stuff from Endgame? That was brilliant. I mean, um, just like y'all said,
2: how, what, really, honestly, what else are they going to make it about? I mean, like, uh, what is his purpose in New York other than taking these kids there? You know, mm-hmm. what is what why What? what, what what can you seriously make this about? I mean, like he's—they're in New York, if I'm mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, you can't walk around the corner of New York without bumping into seven superheroes um, anymore. You know, just mm-hmm. like uh, it's or you know, you know, you, you've got the Stark Tower and, and all this other. Uh, <laughs> I know he's dead now, but there's there's all kinds of stuff going on where you know. You're in New York. Things things are going to get taken care of. So there's nothing really you know, nothing that life threatening that's gonna happen that that some superhero team isn't gonna come out of the woodworks. Spider-Man Spider-Man's there, all this other stuff is going on. He's there with his kids. So what else would they concoct to to make him stay there? Yeah. And that's the Ronin suit. I mean, that makes sense. That's a brilliant piece of writing, in my opinion. And it just you know you you can't run from your past right so you have to you can't just leave things half done you have to finish it you have to figure out what you know how this is going to affect you and your family and everybody else in the future so deal with it and um so they they had him deal with it um literally he went around as a ninja cutting people in half right uh, which i thought was awesome in the the movie but you know
0: well it's interesting because why is he doing that well at this point, you know the thing that humanizes him, that grounds him, that ties him to something that matters, is his wife and kids. And in their absence, with nothing left to hold him back, he just becomes pure rage. Crazy,
2: yeah, right.
0: And now, you know, like he didn't know they were ever. Did you know? After five years, that's the whole point of Endgame. After five years, everyone had just assumed this was this was the new normal. Mm. And so, yeah. with him out there cutting people up to bits. Know if he had gotten killed in the process, who cares? He didn't care. He was he was trying to. Yeah, yeah. He he, yeah, he he was definitely looking and provoking death. And now his family is back, and it's like, I did so much bad. Yeah, Um, it's like, oh, what did I do? And 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 everything. Every superhero who has a family and loved ones, you know, that isn't like an orphan spy or assassin comes back to the same thing. We tend to think of just Spider-Man, but it's really anybody. And That is the bad guys will always find the ones you love. And that's that's your vulnerable point. And he and him kind of that tacit realization of, oh, God. I killed so many people. I, I killed and, so and many they could people. And so easily find my family. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> like what do I do? Um let's talk about the uh the villains in this thing. I um, I do, do want to make one one point. I'm so sorry but yeah,
2: it, no, go ahead. We've we've talked about the Ultimate Comics, but it reminds me of um the Ultimate Hawkeye, you know, uh, at one point they were um there were all this all this crap was happening and like uh, Nazi aliens were coming back, and you know, to to haunt people. And yes, that happened. And then, like, you find out that uh, there was a spy amongst the Avengers or the Ultimates, as they called themselves. And uh, and all this other stuff. Um, they ca- they killed Hawkeyes, who had a family in this book. Mm-hmm. They killed his family, captured him. And at one point, um, they said, "Well, you know, uh, we've got him. He can't do anything." He you know, he's in there. He said, well, um, uh, he had his hand strapped down. And he's like, well, you didn't forget one thing. And they're like, well, he said, you left my fingernails. He had pulled his own fingernails <laughs> yes, out. And I remember was that. flicking them into people's throats and, and, and killing people like this. And I was like, holy crap. And then he just grabs guns and just has guns all over himself. and was going nuts, killing people. And I'm like that. Okay.
0: That that tracks maybe. But, um, at this it, point, I like to remind everybody that comic books are for children, <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, the
1: fingernail thing maybe that's why I thought about that when he was teaching her how to flick that little button thing, the but yeah, the yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I was thinking of,
2: yeah, quarters and everything else. I, I, can, I still can't do that, but um, you know, and it, it reminds me of uh, of Bullseye. Bullseye had a mm-hmm. toothpick and, and flicked it and, and went through, you know, um, but it, it's just uh. It's really interesting that the, that they to think that they did draw from all this um, without somebody there to keep him grounded, without some, him looking at somebody goes. I need to earn who I am for them. I, you know, they they're good. They're a part of me that's good. I need to earn that. I need to make sure that I'm I'm doing good for them as well. Yeah. And when you take that out, you're like, F it. I don't. I don't. There's no more good in the world for me. I don't I'm care. Not, I don't care. I'm taking out the bad. Uh, nobody deserves to live, not even me.
0: The major antagonist of this show is Echo. Um, I would not call Elena a major antagonist. She's somewhat of an obstacle, sort of. I mean, the, the, this this whole thing is about the mob versus Hawkeye and Hawkeye versus the mob. The mob is represented by Echo. Yelena is just one of those crazy monkey wrench obstacle deals that the show has to deal with. Same thing with the kingpin. The kingpin, you know, partially there. You know, because the thing that the fans seem to treasure most that has the most currency with them is a feeling of interconnectedness, that things that they've seen matter. So Charlie Cox, spoilers, showing up in Spider-Man, you know, um, Vincent D'Onofrio showing up as the kingpin in this. This means stuff to people. This is why everyone was pissed the fuck off when uh, Pietro shows up in WandaVision and it's just a dick joke. Um, mm, yeah. they wanted it to matter and it mm. totally didn't um, so just kind of going back through that again as an introduction uh, Al, as, a, as an antagonist the antagonist of the show, what did you think of Echo and the gal that played her?
1: Um, I like, well definitely interesting portrayal I mean I'm not as used to the character, I mean I've read some mm-hmm. stuff with her in New Avengers but I didn't. I know she was a bigger character in Daredevil I believe and I really wasn't reading that series so I don't know a lot about her I just Mm -hmm. kind of do the bare bones, but I did remember like the origin did track for me. And it was, it was kind of interesting because I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really pay attention to it before, but I mean, the origin is basically like reverse Batman,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, more or less just not as a child, but yeah, her parents are killed, you know, parent, you know, parent is killed by the, by somebody. And therefore she's going to rage war more or less on them,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: except instead of going to be a, you know, dressing like a Batman (laughs) being a crime fighter, she's going to, you know, be a criminal and a mobster. Okay, and so it explains. So it kind of fit with like her obsession. She seems like a huntress.
0: She seems like a huntress type character. Yeah, just with the the being deaf.
1: Yeah, but huntress and huntress originally was Batman's daughter.
0: Right. So oh, was she really?
1: Oh yeah, that's how the character was really created. She was Helena Wayne. She was the daughter of Batman and Catwoman.
0: Oh, she <laughs> wasn't always a daughter of the mob, huh?
1: No. Wow. Okay. No. Do, the way they did it in the Birds of Prey TV show was actually closer to the real origin. <laughs> <Originally>. <laughs>
0: well that's one good thing about that show Uh one um (laughs) what about you ronnie uh echo as your main protagonist in this show what did you think i loved it i
2: like that character a lot antagonist sorry uh yeah i like that character a lot um she was a daredevil character she was a daredevil antagonist for the longest time Mm -hmm. a daredevil uh partner i don't know I think they had a romantic relationship for a while too. Um,
1: well, he's worse than Hawk. He's worse than Hawkeye. He
2: really funny. is. Yeah, he's a man whore. Uh,
1: someone,
0: can someone? I you know, I got Evan. I told Evan Bevins to write the book. Um, what was it, Ronnie from the, from earlier in the chat? It was something like it's, it was faith, something, and oh, it was faith, critical race theory, and oh. and uh, unnoticed nudity. A um, so, so, something about logan's run i told yeah. evan he needs to write that book al i'm gonna need you to write you know all the all the superheroes who banged and who they banged and i i'll publish that book for you all right Let's get started <laughs> um go ahead ronnie it's gonna be a big book yeah it's just wolverine daredevil <laughs> and she hulk oh she hulk did a lot of banging too huh she slept with juggernaut nice yeah that's gross that's some fanfic uh, I want to see.
1: I forgot <laughs> about that.
0: Uh, yeah, so Flash fiction. Out. Let me use the right terminology. Or blocked
1: it out. One of the two.
2: <laughs> blocked it out. That's probably if you're. Yeah, you're smart enough to block it out.
0: And, and uh, anyone watching this works for Pornhub. We need some no Chuganot action. No. <laughs> you're welcome, world. Go ahead, Ronnie. Who hasn't uh, learned man. to not tell me that stuff like that? I need
2: I keep forgetting to put the, the mature audiences only thing on my, my screen.
0: <laughs>
2: um anyway, I I, I, I like the character. I thought they did very I thought the actress was was great in it, who is actually hearing impaired herself. Okay. Um and I, I thought it, it, it fits. It fits, you know. Mm-hmm. Um it brought depth to the character as well because of of Hawkeye, you know, Clint Barton's hearing loss. The, in the show and and he's actually deaf in the comic books as well mm-hmm. um and then or or has here i don't want to say completely deaf but has hearing loss um and they do a lot of you know uh, asl and you know american sign language and um one of the coolest uh books in the series is where they did the whole thing through lucky's eyes pizza dog's eyes you know and uh sorry but well, yes. I, I digress that's a great. That's a great issue in that, yeah, in that that's run. A,
0: that's in the second trade. Yeah,
2: is... great issue. Um, but uh, I, I thought she fit. I thought it was great, and it, and it helped introduce Wilson Fisk back into the MCU, uh, which Vincent D'Onofrio is an a brilliant kingpin. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what comes up next. You know, I'm excited to see if they pick up Daredevil, and and I want to see John Bernthal as, as Punisher again. So, I mean, it just opens up a whole world of, I hope, I hope, I hope, but also um, her as, as the main antagonist, I mean, she's got a lot of rage herself. She's dealing with the exact same thing that, uh, that, um, that Hawkeye was dealing with when, when the snap happened, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so he understands where she's coming from, but she doesn't, she's, she doesn't want to hear it. She's just like, no, this is she's how still things too angry. Are going to, she's very angry. This is how things are going to be. I'm going to kill everybody. And you just happen to be in the way. Uh, I'm going to kill you as well.
1: I'm almost wondering if she's going to be be uh, Ronan in the Echo Show. She needs, she
2: needs to be Ronan. She needs to be Ronan because that was one of the coolest between her and Hawkeye. I mean, like Hawkeye had to be Ronan to, to hide for a while because he had died and was brought back and didn't, yeah. you know, and, and he was like dealing with that with the emotions of that and everything. So he was Ronan for a while. Nobody, nobody knew that. But she was. She made an even. She made a a just as cool Ronan. So I I really want to see her with that suit on.
0: The last thing I want to bring up before I give it to you guys for any last licks, burning desires, etc. Is we do need to talk about uh, Kingpin to some degree. Mm -hmm. So you know, it goes without saying. Um, I actually just re-edited the um, four part daredevil review season one review that we did mm-hmm. back when season one came out it was actually hosted by gavin 2015 right yeah um so it's gonna be quite a lengthy podcast because that was actually four separate shows oh, but wow. yeah, yeah you, like this one hour talking about six yeah back in the day we got deep into this stuff this was yeah, one episode was one just... podcast um anyway and one of the things that I think everybody said in every episode of, of that podcast was how great Vincent D'Onofrio was as Kingpin. Oh my god! You know, th- th- there is su- such reverence for his performance and that character. Which brings me to this. There was a lot of complaining about, um, not so much the portrayal. The portrayal was fine enough, though some people quibbled about that too. But in a very very general way, people thought that the writing of Kingpin in the Hawkeye series was not did not do him any justice. like they went out of their way to uh, tear him down, make him fallible, take away his agency, make him not menacing and then quite literally just run him off screen with a car because he I, I don't know who the people making that argument i don't know who they think we're supposed to be transferring our love of uh, you know our love of the villain to there's no one left in the show because you know Yelena's is not really a villain echo you know made a face turn and there's no one left so i don't know who you know so if you're if you're diminishing the kingpin which is basically the argument here people feel like the kingpin was diminished i don't know who you know the you know what's uh, the comparison like to the Matrix resur- Resurrections where you diminish Neo so that you'll transfer all your love over to Trinity, or you diminish um, Scarlett Johansson so that you'll transfer all your love over to uh, Florence Pugh. There's no one left to transfer your love to by the end of Hawkeye. <laughs> they so to, um... I don't get the argument, but go ahead, Al. Um, um, yeah. I'll come uh, back to you, Ronnie. Go. You, you I mean, I don't kingpin in that argument in
1: particular. I mean, I. Thought it was fine. I mean, they he was menacing, he got mm-hmm. hit by this car, and it wasn't just a nudge. I mean, I just re-watched that fight scene a few minutes mm-hmm.
0: before we started this. That car hit him at like 40 miles an hour. Oh, Al, there's a con industry of people complaining that Kingpin should have killed Kate Bishop. And he got
1: up. He she's lucky he didn't. <laughs> I mean, she was. I mean, I just re-watched that. He <laughs> gets up after being hit by that car. And he's just like a little bruised. <laughs> I mean, hell, the first thing just she, she shoots an arrow at his chest and he just stands there and goes, eh. And she just has that look in her face of like, Crap. what the hell just happened? Yeah. That's not supposed to happen. You're supposed to fall down and go ow. <laughs> and you didn't. And I mean, everything she does, she the whole fight is basically a little kid who a five year old attacking a grown up. Yeah. And it's her jumping on him, him going, Would you get off? You know, it's actually a little kid fighting a grown-up, play fighting a grown up in the pool, so they can just throw them into the water because it's fun. Right, and that's all he's doing. He's just throwing her and throwing her, and it's only because she was able to get pretty much every single arrow to explode after he got hit by a car.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: that was menacing because, like, he would have. Read- I mean, if she didn't do that, he would have just been like, "Give me your neck,
0: <laughs> snap." Right. I mean, potentially okay. allegedly allegedly gets shot by echo. And I think people are frustrated with that as well.
1: Oh yeah. I forgot about that part. Yeah, but he's not dead.
0: No, of course he's not, but he's going to come back. And he always
1: does. and now he's more pissed at these people. They're on his radar. Now
0: people don't like it. They wanted Kingpin to kick ass and take names and destroy everybody for some odd reason. Have they never read a daredevil comic book? (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what daredevil does to him to defeat him. Mm -hmm.
2: Strips him down to nothing takes away his wealth, takes away his, his empire, and says, now you get to go to jail with everybody else that are normal people, mm-hmm. and then and then Wilson Fisk says, F you, I'll be back soon, right. and he comes back richer,
0: meaner, and nastier. Well, that was certainly the end of Daredevil season three. He literally went to jail! Right.
2: And then, and what did he do in jail? He formed a new empire just by going, no, you work for me now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, big man, you know, blah, 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 and then he snaps somebody's neck with his bare hands. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're cool now. You know, kind of one of those things.
0: So I'm going to take a wild guess you don't agree with the detractors. You think Mm-mm. the portrayal and the the writing of, of Kingpin and how he was handled in the two episodes was he was in fine. was just fine.
1: Yeah. Well, it's one of the things I've been enjoying about the MCU. I mean, I, I lo- it's not like I don't love the comics, but one thing about the comics is because it is drawings, they can just keep these things going forever. So they can mm-hmm. keep if they want to, they just have the kingpin be there forever. I mean, they can kill any character and next month go, no, nah, we're bringing them back. Why? Right. I don't know. We're drawing it. A wizard did it. Good enough. Let's do it. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's blame Gandalf. Go. Moving on. Here, because they have to deal with actors and people who are going to be here or not and want more different types of, you know, don't want to always just do the same thing every single month for 40 years. I don't know. They, have to, do, they have to do new things with them and they have to go forward with like okay well if this guy's being this doing this stuff is he going to get arrested eventually okay and now what do we do after that right so we're not going to get the kingpin being the kingpin for 50 years that's just boring <laughs> if he's going to be the antagonist for 50 years in every episode it always just win every single time in the comics he ever won every single time he kept going to prison
0: my, you know my- he quit
1: for several he quit for like a dozen years in daredevil to go live with his wife
0: So I didn't watch the show as it was airing. I watched, I binged it, um, I think last week. Um, And one of the things I remember seeing on Twitter was people complaining about the the Hawaiian shirt, uh, white suit outfit that he has on and people then responding on Twitter with the pick from the comic book (laughs) where like the balls on Marvel for a comic accurate kingpin in the goofy uh, outfit which I thought was funny, but it, but it does sort of point to the divide between people who clearly don't read the comics. The don't. And look, at, no. and look at some of this stuff and go, this is goofy as fuck, yo. And, you know, and then there's the comic people going, listen, buddy, <laughs> it's it's right there. It's on the page. You don't like what's on the page? Don't watch a goddamn show. How about that? That's, um, his,
1: that's his version of thinking he's one of the people. Look, yeah. I'm wearing a yeah. lying shirt. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas time. We're having fun. And he's like, yeah. Oh, look oh, at you're me. annoying me. I'm going to snap woo. your neck now. Yeah. yeah but okay okay just
2: let's to point out the fact that people don't read the books who are watching the mcu uh watching the shows watching the watching the movies Mm -hmm. danny rand iron yeah oh my god (laughs) why isn't he why isn't he asian yep because he's not he's (laughs) not he hasn't been for 30 40 years my
0: favorite part of that entire like triggered twitter argument was the people who acknowledged that Danny Rand was a blonde white guy, but was like, You still could have made him Asian. This insistence that we must whitewash everything, like, but but it's comic accurate. Well, comic accuracy should not be the most highly valued thing in creating a television or show or a movie. We should, you know, inclusivity should be. And you could just see like the people in disagreement with that argument just vomiting all over themselves. <laughs> that was me. Pain.
1: What they really should have done for right. Iron Fist is made was it 13 episodes sure is made it like what uh do it in three acts three episodes three episodes and four and then do three up ep- in between each one do like they did for the Mortal iron fist series each you know do a one shot showing one of the previous iron fists mm-hmm. many of whom were and you have a little bit of both you have everything you have danny rand as he was in the comics but you're also like, yeah, look, well, look at her from, you know, this this Chinese woman who's Iron Fist. Right. Or whatever. I, mean, I think,
2: I th- I, and that's a wonderful idea, and I think that I would have, I would absolutely love that. But I think it would have made, made it worse be like, because you're showing people of, of Asian descent, and then all of a sudden you show a blonde white guy, and they're like, see, cultural appropriation. But, <laughs> no, he was literally orphaned in the Himalayas, and they took him and raised him <laughs> and taught him their secrets.
1: Yeah, these fair, will sound also,
0: like details that don't matter.
1: I mean, also wow. real quick, just and then, because it's not the show we're talking about. But I mean, right. to be fair to me, always the difference was it's from Kunlun, which means a fictional, not even country, fictional alternate dimension. Right. So, therefore, it's just influenced. Kunlun is actually the one that's doing cultural appreciation. It's taking, you know, it's if it's taking stuff from China, the whole country is not just him. Yeah.
2: Never mind so, you have to walk through a freaking portal to get home.
1: So I mean, I mean none, it's not, I mean, it's one thing if they were saying he was the Iron Fist and he comes from Hong Kong or Beijing, right. which is an actual real place in a country where you could say, well, yes, we are taking it from there. Right. Hanlon is fake. It's here's not even the, a fake country. It's a fake alternate dimension.
0: Here's the thing that Robert and I always talk about. The people so screaming the loudest like, on social media about inclusion and, um, you know, and j- giving more opportunities to non-white men. Are not the people who a watch these shows, read these books, or care about this universe.
2: Right. They
0: they tangentially know about it. They know that talking about it will get them attention, and if they complain loudly and put their agenda forth, people will pay attention to, and they will generate an inflated argument that we are currently having on the show where we all enjoy Hawkeye. <laughs> so, but but it, but but it's out there.
1: Yeah, oh and one last thing. The the reason why I thought about that was because mm-hmm. I thought Kunlim was just kind of full of people from anyone from Earth was from different countries, like different nationalities. Like that's why Davros, because I just looked up and double check,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's the actor's Indian. Yeah, he's not he's not uh from China or anywhere like that, he's from India, right? And that's what I kind of thought took from that is like they were kind of doing like Kunlim was like anyone from earth is in come London. It's not just from one country. It's like all kinds of people all over, whatever. All
0: right. So to close okay, up anyway, uh, this hour of discussing the Hawkeye show, I'll go to you first, Ronnie, you know, going all the way back to the beginning of this podcast, you, you know, you said to me we, months ago, really when Hawkeye comes out, I want to talk about it with you. And I don't want to talk about it with anybody else. except Al Sedano mm-hmm. because I like this character so much. And I, I want to be able to talk about it without being told, you know th- this is bad, it's dumb, set it all on fire. So, here's your chance, man. Last licks anything else left we'll to talk about? Anything you know, any part of your I totally didn't do any of my ad reads tonight. Any part of you know, your passions that you want to share with the folks regarding actually
2: fire? what real quick? What I want to do is talk about you know, the music in the in the you want to get you, want me to do it, you, want me to do it. I'll Keep do going. it. Keep going. The music in the show was actually uh, it, it I don't remember any of it, but can I find that sound that, that soundtrack somewhere?
0: A lot of Christmas music um, for yeah, your holiday true, cheer. Man. And all of that Christmas music can be found on Amazon Music Unlimited. As a matter of fact, we are doing a free <laughs> 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service at getamazonmusic.com w2mnetwork. Again, it's getamazonmusic.com w2mnetwork for your free 30-day trial. Click the link in the description. Fill out the information. Enjoy over 70 million songs uh, that are free for you to listen to for an entire month. If you tire of it, you can cancel, no fuss, no must. But who doesn't love free? We all do. So I bet you will keep it. You pay the monthly fee. It's comparable to Spotify and Apple Music and whatnot. And it's a great service. You can make playlists. You, there's nothing you can't find except for the Mother's Day Out album, which I bought and then realized I don't have a CD player. But, <laughs> <laughs> but everything else besides Mother's Day Out, is on Amazon Music Unlimited for you to enjoy. So let's get amazonmusic.com slash W two M Network. Thanks, Ronnie.
2: No problem. Do you have another one?
0: I'm not going to do them back to back. Let's talk a little bit more, and then I'll
2: okay. Because I would hold. I was going to say I could hold up a card, but I would probably misspell it. But anyway, um...
0: <laughs> you asked to be here. Why do you why, why I, are you here, Ronnie?
2: <laughs> why am I here? I I I was trying to help you. I, help no, no, no. You. you
0: did great. But back to you. Uh,
2: my I, I just absolutely. Love the Matt Fraction run on this because it was, it was, it was so different from everything else I've ever read in comic books and mm-hmm. superheroes and stuff like that. As far as mainstream goes, and when I found out that they were going to adapt some of that to this show, I, I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm talking about this with you. I, I don't want, you know, it's not that if it, if it sucked, yeah, we'd say it would suck, but it doesn't suck. It's one of the best. It's probably my favorite Marvel. Series that has been put out.
0: Yeah, I'm having a hard um, time deciding which one was better, this or Falcon or Winter Soldier. And there, this you know, one—it's hard mean, because I love the small yeah. story. Yeah, um, I love the small story. I love the sort of the street level, you know, ground level, mm-hmm. intimate story that you know that they're dealing with. I love the themes in it, but it's so hard because, like Falcon and Winter Soldier, re- thematically resonated with me more it's it's so hard like it's this is like having you know children and it's like well which one you know which one of my children do i love more i, I can't decide it's they're, they're I, both they're both infinitely better than wandavision and loki though
2: i get that i i, I get what you're saying but i have to go with hawkeye i, I loved uh winter uh, falcon and winter soldier i really did mm-hmm. mainly i'm a big u.s agent fan as well uh, i yeah. don't know why i just always liked him um but so introducing john walker in this was was fantastic for me even Mm -hmm. though they made him out to be even more of a douchebag than he is in the comic books
0: i believe Uh, it was the the cool uh the the um honest trailer i think it was that said that he was the uh the spawn of the kool-aid man
2: oh nice (laughs) um (laughs) now and i adore loki and wandavision as well i I really i do i love them i love them both um but hands down Hawkeye has, <laughs> has beat them uh, has has beat beat them out uh, what is that what are you doing, He's
1: doing I do I'm sorry I like them I like them you can- sorry mark you're out, outnumbered here I agree I am a
0: majority of one as my father yeah. would say I didn't, <laughs> yeah. to talk, I didn't get to talk about Loki but boy that show. Well, it's okay to be wrong,
1: but yeah. um, uh, I allow other people to be wrong. That's how I get yeah, through the day. Other people can be Thank wrong.
2: You. Al, we're, we're taking this over, um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it, it just, you know, and, and the more I watched of this show, the more I was, I was so glad to, that I asked you to talk about this. Um, I, I just, it, it, it was, it's something different. It's something special. Because it's like you said, it's more street level. It's more personal, mm-hmm. and um it just shows being normal. You know, even though yeah. you do have your super spy or whatever, but I mean, like,
0: is this silly over the top action that would have been normal human being. Absolutely, just, like, oh yeah, go crazy? you
2: you got that with with every
0: show. You know, yeah, you no, had that and, and yeah with twenty four and stuff and, like that. Yeah, just, no. made, just you you know, this is not the wire for certain. This is absolutely. absolutely a fantasy show yeah. where a guy can land in a Christmas tree, fall down and a you scratch on him. Right.
2: <laughs> but then he goes home uh, to to a stranger's apartment and duct tapes the frozen margarita mixes to his knees. Sure. You know, it's like it, it took a toll on him, you know. Absolutely. Um so it was just it, this was like for me this was something special. This one's this one I'm going to rewatch every Christmas season, I believe. Oh, um cool. Yeah, so it's it just, um, I, I loved it. And, it, and I, I can't express to people how how much, my mom's a giant Jeremy Renner fan and she loved him as Hawkeye. And I'm like, have you watched the series yet? She's like, no, I just haven't sat down. I was like, what is wrong with you in your life? Sit down and watch this. You're retired. You have nothing else to do. Just do it. And um, And I know once she watches it, she's going to be asking me a ton of questions, but she's going to love it. I really do believe that, you know?
0: I have and, to say, like it was an easy watch. Like I got through it. I got, really was. In, I got yeah. through it in one day, um, and I never got bored with this for certain. Yeah, I every mean, episode like left me like, "Ooh, I want to see what happens next."
2: I, I admit. Okay, there are a few things that I've watched recently for podcasts that I have at some points fast forward through. I fast forwarded through a little bit of um, of uh, the Power of the Dog, just mm-hmm. because there was no dialogue and they were just sitting there staring at the wall. And, you know, waxing poetic about something. I, I, I had to fast forward to that. There's things that you do that with, and I never once did that with this show. I watched it from opening credit to ending credit.
0: Mm-hmm. Open to see something different. Hi, buddy. All right, Al, you two also, um you asked to be here. You wanted to be a part of this. So any go on, go burning right desires, up. passions you want to discuss before we close up for the night?
1: Go. I just want to go with what he said. But, I mean, this was really... They really did a good job in this series, because for me, my preference, as you can kind of guess from the podcast I do, I like the cosmic. I like that crazy (laughs) outer space, time travel, weird stuff. WandaVision and Loki were more in my wheelhouse for what I was looking forward to than Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. And obviously that would kind of go with then, well, Hawkeye's even less of what my wheelhouse, and yet it is possibly my favorite or at least my top two of the series that they come out so far Mm -hmm. it was just so well done and so it was a lot of fun and also just and also just like i said all those little details of like yes i'm doing this but it's also gonna hurt and just just everything was just like a perfect Mix. They did a really excellent job on this one. It's like they pulled all the stops, like, okay, it's the end of the year. We gotta do we gotta end really well. So people keep up, keep up their Disney Plus subscriptions in January.
0: Mm-hmm. You, know, you
1: know, everyone I, gone for Christmas last year. We wanna make them buy it again this year.
2: And they absolutely so, nailed it. <clears throat>
0: yeah, when I, I think so. When you you guys have convinced me, you know, when I did my top ten list for movies that suck and some that don't, I said my top two movies, my top one movie was I think the best made, but the my second one was the one I most enjoyed. And I think this. I think now that I, I kind of listen to you both talk about it and process this past hour, I think Hawkeye is the best written show they've done this year. Absolutely. It's the, only, it's the only one that started strong, the middle was strong, it never drags, and then sticks the landing. WandaVision, almost as hard as Black Widow, falls flat on its face and breaks its neck. Um, Loki, you know, doesn't quite fall on its face, but definitely clumsy waiters across the finish line. And was interminable in getting there. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier, I thought was great most of the way, and kind of stumbled at the end, though. Um, you know, as much as I liked what Falcon has to say at the end, you know, with the "you must do sp- better" speech, it was a little Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four y. You know, <laughs> like how do we end mm. the show? How about a speech where he shames everyone? All right, <laughs> is he gonna punch anything? No. Um, he's just gonna yell at people. Verbally, yes. He's going to he's going to do a monologue. Oh a little anticlimactic um but I thoroughly enjoyed Falcon Winter Soldier um we spent three hours not you know including the ownership of Captain America's shield talking about it um but I think in sort of processing this whole thing Hawkeye was the best written show this year Mm -hmm. so that's where I stand and you know what would have made the writing the garbage writing of WandaVision and Loki and, you know, maybe Falcon's Beach so much better, Ronnie Adams. I'm not Broadway even podcast. helping. Don't
2: don't even kick this to me. Do you, you know it was garbage. You, not garbage. You're do garbage. you know
0: what would have made WandaVision's ending better instead of yet another laser in the sky and two people with the exact same power throwing fireballs at each other? Do you know what would have made that better? I play D&D. I, <laughs> people, we do that all the time. Wizards fight each other. Okay. Okay, well, when you're the wizard, it's one thing. When you're having to watch the wizards do it, It's a a little boring, especially when I've seen it five zillion times. Just tell us what would make the the writing better. I will, and it's Grammarly. (laughs) Don't you understand? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you get it? Don't you you understand? It's Always. (laughs) Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web, Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes, while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To so download Grammarly today, go to com slash W2M network, and again, that's com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. And if you think WandaVision was a well-written show, especially at the end, you are a communist and, no, sorry, um, so that's not what that ad read says. <laughs> you know, there was one negative hell. about Hawkeye. Oh, what's that? No I alligator, because I, I,
1: huh? No alligator, Loki.
2: I did. I, I was taking your soundboard away. No. <laughs> yeah, burning it. Uh, I did find one negative about Hawkeye. One negative. And that's that was the, the end of credit stinger where they just showed the whole musical number, and that, that annoyed me for some reason. I was like, oh, this whole great show, and you can't give me something other than that. Oh my god!
0: I, I don't know. I just like they're meh. getting so lazy though with their with, with their. And I mean, like Eternals had two that at least lended themselves to future stories. And, oh, yeah, one you know, of them were the traditional. Yeah, where the traditional, um ooh, what's going to happen next on the next episode of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as opposed to, like, Spider-Man, which was like, fuck it, and just play a Doctor Strange trailer, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, or another Spider-Man movie where they did a PSA with Captain America making fun of the audience. That or, was funny. <laughs> um I think Black Widow had one or two that, that actually lended themselves to future stories. I know there was the bit with... Um, Elaine from Seinfeld and and Florence Pugh, yeah, yeah, which
1: led into this, right? Oh.
0: <laughs> She'll always be Elaine from Seinfeld to me, or Veep. Good old Veep. Remember that show, I, Ronnie? I, I do. But I don't remember watching it ever. I I'm about, I got halfway through it and before I had to stop and I have to like now I eventually have to go back and finish it. Mm. it. Hurts my heart that I ever finished Veep. All right, folks, um, I think that does it. That's our review of Hawkeye. Um, currently known as just the mini series, oh, but I guess if like people like it enough or they get some more ideas, they'll do a season two. Because wasn't Loki only supposed to be one series? These were all supposed to be just one season. Well, Loki, yeah. was,
1: Loki I, I believe, is still one series. They just had to cut it.
0: Uh, okay. So it was supposed to be, I guess, 12 episodes.
1: Yeah, but they had to cut it in half. Like,
0: otherwise... uh, like what if, I think. Mm. Uh, it was the same deal where it's like they planned out X amount of episodes, but only did the first half.
1: Yeah yeah i would love to see you know what even if they can't get jeremy back since we're talking about that real quick i would you know what do a do a hawkeye and black widow yelena and kate
0: okay that would be fun That you really know, fun. a lot of other podcasts i don't like to do this speculatory thing only because like i have i've now had to go back and listen to some four or five year old podcasts and it's like when you go back and listen to them years later and, and there's so much speculative talk like we well, already know like you oh, already I'm know not... what the answers to these questions are. Oh, yeah. but I'm
1: not speculating. I'm just saying I would like mm-hmm. that.
0: Um, yeah, well, that's I was going to ask you just real quick. Um, the, the big argument amongst the uh, the nerds out there is where will these people end up next? You know, there's people pointing at Thunderbolts. There's people pointing at Young Avengers, New Avengers, Dark Avengers, Plat Avengers. So, Great Lakes. Great Lakes Avengers. I, I would love a Great Lakes Avengers. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Can we please get a Great Lakes Avengers? I would rather not see any more Avengers movies in just Great Lakes. Um, because I like terrible things, Ronnie. Um yeah. so if you're uh if Kevin Feige sort of hands you the Bible, Al, what do you do with Kate Bishop and uh, the new Black Widow there? Where do they end up?
1: Oh, I think that I, I I think yeah, what I said is I think uh Hawkeye should be training Kate and Black Widow's like, no, nah, she's fine, she's going on a mission with me, and that's what it should be the story should be that she kind of steals mm-hmm. her away and goes. No, you're good. Let's go on the mission, and she's not really ready for the mission.
0: That mm-hmm. so you think so? Like not not a full on be a part of yet another team, just a, just a another buddy cop thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: she's not ready for the. Yeah, don't put them don't put them yet in the big supervillain stuff. Put them more in mm-hmm. something along the lines of the black between the Black Widow movie and the Hawkeye show somewhere mm-hmm. that kind of threat level.
0: The allusion I got from Elaine from Seinfeld and the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier was that. Um, US agent was headed towards like a Thunderbolts kind of team. Um, so what do you think, Ronnie? Where 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 what are we getting? Where do these characters land now that we have them? I don't know,
2: but I would like to I would like to tell you what I'd like to see.
0: What would you like to see? I,
2: I like Al's idea. I really do. But I want to see if they can't get Renner. Okay, two two different things. If they can't get Renner back,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh if he's off doing movies or something like that, I would like to see her kind of Unravel the, the, the young Avengers in her show in Hawkeye mm. to discover Guardian and discover is that his name? Yeah, Who? Patriot. I'm sorry, to oh, discover, Patriot. Yeah. discover Patriot and to discover. I mean, you've already got, um, you've already got Wiccan and, um, Speed. Speed. We? I
0: thought they were figments of her imagination. Well, they originally
2: they, were anyway. They really, they, yeah, they originally were anyway, but mm-hmm. now they're very much real. Are they uh, at the end of the show? They are not
0: my takeaway from that show, uh,
2: yeah. They're real, okay. Um, you so, so you've got those two. I, I, I'd like to see Patriot, I'd like to see um, her discover uh, 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 uh what's her name? Um, Ant Man's Kid, oh, Stature. Cassie Stature, you know, I, I, I and then, then maybe spin off to a young Avengers show, that would be fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they get Renner back, uh, I think that it should be a training. Uh, Like, uh, you know, they get into their own adventures on their own, but he's still very much training her to be the new Hawkeye.
0: A couple years ago, I pitched a West Coast Avengers deal. I very much wanted there. I wanted like a Hercules and a Wonder Man. Mm -hmm. But like the whole reason why it's the West Coast Avengers is because they're also like part-time, big-time Hollywood actors. And I wanted somebody like John Cena or The Rock to play Hercules that that was that was my pitch and then you know like i said we need a wonder man in there we need the whole we need that whole setup for the west coast avengers get get uh vision and scarlet witch on the team what is
2: wonder man's name simon uh williams
0: williams yeah. thank you simon williams is in the mcu oh yeah
2: yeah and and it's um uh, uh balls what is his name one of my favorite actors uh nathan fillion, fillion
0: yeah yeah oh that guy okay yeah and
2: uh <laughs> you look thrilled
0: <laughs> Nathan Fillion
2: is um a national treasure, even though he's from Canada.
0: I'm not bla- the fact that I can't remember what character it is you're referring to, but yes, I know the actor Wonder is Man. What that face was
2: he's I- Wonder Man and he was I- in a he wasn't in the movie, he was in a poster in the movie.
0: Oh, okay. oh the Archon movie, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So all right, as I was saying, that is anyway. our review of uh Hawkeye on Disney Plus. Al Sedano, I hear you do a podcast about Marvel characters. What? I do. You do.
1: Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. It's all about the Marvel characters, Adam Warlock and Thanos. I mean, yeah, that's it. What else? What other questions do you have? It tells it's you right there. Good stuff. What are
0: you working so, on these days? What, what story arc?
1: Uh, right now, actually, we have an episode. that so should be coming out Sunday-ish, mm-hmm. depending on if I get it done in time. Um, we're starting to be covering the, uh, late seventies, early eighties period when both Adam and Thanos were dead and we're covering, we're we're going to be talking about all the stuff that kind of like references them and leads up to the point where they come, leads up to the whole thing where they come back with Infinity Gauntlet. So we have a, we have some stuff, we're covering a whole bunch of comics in 16 episodes. So we're going to be covering like 30 or 40 comics, in like 16 episodes. Oh, cool.
0: Very good. So we're skimming through a bunch. And you're on all the uh, podcatchers and whatnot. Yep, just type in Adam Warlock or
1: Thanos, whatever podcatcher you use, and it's you'll find us. Or go on Twitter at AdamThanosPod.
0: All right, uh, Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy Podcast. I hear you're taking people through the snow.
2: I'm not. I don't have that show anymore.
0: <laughs> um,
2: I am formerly of the Streamer Boy Podcast. My name is Ronnie Adams. I am now of uh, the Misfits and Miscreants stream. Uh, If you go to twitch.tv slash misfits and miscreants, you will find me there. Um, With a bi-weekly Dungeons & Dragons actual play stream. We are running through Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden, where we are beyond the spine of the world. Uh, The adventures are beyond the spine of the world. Trekking through the snow uh, with five hours of sunlight a day from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., finding adventure, fighting monsters, and discovering who they are. Um, It's a lot of fun. I've got a great, great group of players that are um, slowly discovering their characters and and just having a lot of fun with it. So if if you like to watch Dungeons or listen to a good story, and hang out with, you know, if you like Dungeons & Dragons, come give us a follow, watch us. There's going to be some other tabletop role-playing uh, content on there as well. Um, currently, uh, tomorrow night, if everything goes well and the weather holds off, I will be streaming some EDH, which is another name of Commander, a, f- a form of Magic the Gathering. Uh, we'll be uh, s- uh, streaming a little bit of that. And then Saturday will be uh, episode, will be session nine of our uh, of our game. Um, and then coming up in the near future, I'll be posting other tabletop role-playing content to our to to, to the channel. Uh, other uh, Not just Dungeons & Dragons, but we also play things like Monster of the Week, uh, Kids on Bikes, uh, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, just picked up the new Alien uh, tabletop role-playing game and Fallout. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that we're going to do some one-shots and possibly some you know, mini arcs in, in different, uh, in different games. So, um, you know, just stick with us, hit that follow button and, and in the meantime, time, uh, when there's not those things on there, you can just watch my big dumb head play video games as well.
0: Well, Ronnie Adams, we're not done with you yet because, oh. uh, this Monday it's the triple feature that keeps changing. Uh, <laughs> we will be redoing this at the moment, some sub- card subject to change, We will be reviewing Power of the Dog, The French Dispatch, and Cop Shop. Um, That's this Monday coming up. And then Thursday, 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 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. We will be discussing season one of the Amazon uh, Prime series, Mm -hmm. *Wheel of Time. And I think that's it. I don't think you're on anything again for a little bit after that, Ronnie. Am I right? Mhm, we're taking tea on that one. <laughs> okay. um As for what I did this week, I did podcasts. um Myself and the boys on the Metal Hammer of Doom reviewed Lordy Abra um Ronnie Adams and yeah, uh, and Robert Winfrey and I discussed Scream Five or Scream Twenty Twenty Two. Yesterday, oh,
2: I I, I, I want I, real quick. Um, mm-hmm. I, before I got in there, I started watching it and I heard. I heard Robert say, and if you call, if you don't, if it is Scream Five, you bunch of idiots, or whatever he said. It is not. It's Scream. Scream, not Scream Five. So I just Good. want to say that it's Good a, re, it's a,
0: a, requel. Okay. Um, last did, you fight, just, Al- did you just mock me? No. Um, Al Sedano, Evan Bevins, Just Starter, and I did a comic strip for the George Perez Illustrated Logan's Run comic from Marvel. Uh, Speaking of which, and then we compared it to the movie that came out in the year of our Lord, 1976, when I was born. Uh, So check out our comic strip on Logan's Run for the Superblog team-up. Jesse dropped a Brave in the Bold for the Superblog team-up. And um, tomorrow, Jesse Starcher, Jason Teasley, and I will be reviewing Dummy with Anna Kendrick that was formerly on Quibi and now on the Roku channel. My wife and... My, my wife uh, r- really enjoyed it. And she was like, oh, this is a much better pick than Secretary was. So I'm glad that we're, you know, we're, we're watching more stuff, uh, can, you know, that my wife likes. Um, tells you a lot about my wife, doesn't it? Uh, Whitney Seibold of Critically Acclaimed will be on the podcast to talk Mandy. He's talked nonstop about this every time the, the Nicolas Cage movie Pig Kiss has come up. So I was like, God damn it, you need to come on my show and talk Mandy. Get this monkey off your back. And then Saturday, 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 it's all right for fights. Um, we will be re-airing Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll Season 1. In the evening time, Daniel Lasby and I will be doing an alternative commentary for the main card of UFC 270, Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gann for the UFC Heavyweight Championship of The World. The World! All right, that's it. That is our show for Al Sedano, for Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy Podcast. I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.